by talking about slow growth. And so uh, I, had attend- I had intended to spend about three weeks talking about vision, uh, and I just didn't get to do that because we got sick um, in our house. My son got a case of breakthrough COVID. Um, my whole family's vaccinated, and uh, thankfully the vaccines uh, appeared to work, actually, because even though one of us got sick, uh, the rest of us did not. Uh, and then uh, my oldest son, Bolt is his name, uh, he, had, he had a pretty mild case. So um, please get vaccinated, please be careful, um, and please uh, do, be, do be cautious. But that kind of disrupted that and a few other things going on in the life of our church, uh, both illness-related and weather-related, uh, meant that we were on Zoom. Um, and so uh, we'll get that Zoom um, recording up here in the next couple weeks. We just, our, our, our tech teams are kind of spread out and uh, we, we've, we've kind of forgot how to do that because we haven't done it in a while. And so we, we will get, uh, we'll get that Zoom sermon posted up. But as I was praying and just pr- trying to prepare, um, I didn't want to take time away from the other things I feel like God had already uh, put before us but, uh, in the coming weeks. But I did want to say something about vision because it's January. And it's good to kind of think, you know, what, what are we doing this year? Like, what are we trying to accomplish? And I think the theme that God has for us as a church this year uh, is this theme of slow growth. The idea that we are not in a hurry, but that we are rooted and established in the love of God and in a community that cares for one another. And we're just not going to rush this year. Uh, There's enough frenetic, panic, uh, craziness in the world and I think it's important for us to be a church that makes space and creates space to slow down. So I want to speak just a little bit about kind of what this church is really about and what we're going to try and focus on, how we're going to try to approach this in the coming year uh, with as much uh, clarity as I can because part of the thing that we're trying to do is slow down and listen to God for direction as we travel. Uh, and so in that, in that spirit, I would just like to pray and ask God to speak to us. Uh, through my words and through the scriptures this morning. Lord, I thank you that you are present among us. God, I thank you for the ways that you have already been at work and that you're always working. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do at the end of the service today during ministry time. I, I, just, I, I look forward to the ways that your kingdom is going to come in our hearts and our minds and even our bodies and change us and heal us. So God, would you just minister at your speed today, God? Would you do the things that you want to do in our community? Would you please help my words to do that? And where I don't help, God, would you help those words fall dead on the floor? God, speak to us through your word this morning. And I just ask for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are a vineyard church. Um, we're part of a larger movement, a part of a larger association of churches. Uh, if you're not familiar, the Vineyard has some, some key values. I would encourage you, uh, if you're still kind of getting to know this church, uh, to, check out, um, to check out some older sermons. There's, there's a series that we did last year. Was it last year? Was it 10 years ago? I don't know. That all gets kind of fuzzy in my mind at this point. Uh, but we talked about these Vineyard values. We called them, uh, we called them roots of the Vineyard, and we were talking about 
how we work out these values and what it looks like. I could preach a whole sermon on any one of these values. These are pretty big ideas. In fact, I did preach a sermon on every one of these values, so I'd encourage you to go back and listen to those if you're interested. But uh, we have a particular theology here in the vineyard, and we talk a lot about the kingdom of God because it's actually almost every parable that Jesus told, he said the, the kingdom of God is like yada, yada, yada. I mean, tell a story, right? Uh, in, in, the, uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, they sort of euphemize that because they're trying to write to a Jewish audience and so they say the kingdom of heaven. But it's the same thing, same idea. And so the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is like yada, yada, yada. And so the idea here is that the kingdom of God is actually both something that we experience right now as a present reality. And when Jesus was healing and casting demons out of people and doing all his supernatural stuff, that was the kingdom of God uh, present, like breaking in to our present existence on earth as it is in heaven, as he taught his disciples to pray. So the kingdom of God is in some sense now. And yet I think most of us have probably experienced something in the last year or two years that also uh, would tell us that the kingdom of God is definitely not right now, right? We have all kinds of religious posers saying all kinds of terrible, evil, religious things. We have all kinds of uh, strife, war, death, chaos in our government in our society, uh, there are many ways in which the kingdom of God is very much not right now. It is something that we are still waiting to happen in the future. And so it's this understanding of we live in this kind of in-between times where sometimes God breaks in and healing happens. Sometimes God breaks in and justice takes place. Sometimes God breaks in and emotional peace and wholeness and wellness happens and we're able to forgive our enemies and love our enemies. And then sometimes we get done with church and we go home and yell at our family, right? Like we, we, we see through a glass dimly, the things I want to do, I don't do. We, we kind of live in this tension of this now, not yet kingdom. And so that, that really informs everything that we do as a church and our whole practice to healing prayer and ministry and the scriptures, even our understanding of salvation uh, and the things that we do. And so uh, we talk a lot about, and, and on Thursday night, the next couple of Thursday nights here at the building at 7 o'clock, we'll talk a lot about enacted, inaugurated eschatology. Those are big fancy words to say we do the stuff that's in the book. But we do the stuff that's in the book based on this understanding that the book tells us, which is that the kingdom of God is now and not yet. And there's some mystery in that. And so we want to approach everything that we do with gentleness and love and kindness and patience, understanding that tension and that mystery. Uh, we really value as a church experiencing God. Hopefully you have experienced that when you've been here. Hopefully you, you've felt the presence of God or you've experienced God's presence while we were in worship, maybe just through peace or through a sense of, of just the weight of God's presence in the room. I experience that often when we worship. Um, you know, people have all kinds of wild supernatural things that happen too, you know, tingling, warmth, getting knocked over, whatever. Uh, but we value that as a, as a church movement. That's something that we think is important. We really value compassionate ministry. Uh, and this, this kind of works in a few ways, you know, like ministry to the poor, uh, sharing resources with people in need, uh, giving to, um, to, to, to people who are uh, in desperate need, that kind of stuff. Um, being a reconciling community. You know, we, we really love the whole church, right? But we also think that God in his work through Jesus in his death and resurrection uh, is bringing people, he's reconciling actually all of humanity and all of, all of creation. Uh, and so reconciliation is actually at the heart of the gospel is what we think. And we think that as we come into right relationship with God, then that, that 
fundamentally changes my relationship with my neighbor. Um, and and the, the, the divisions and the ways I classify myself and my identity and all that stuff, that totally all gets reordered when I come to Jesus. And then it's now my mission to be waging peace in my whole life. Uh, and being a reconciling person and being in a reconciling community. We also believe in uh, the mission of God uh, or, or really, you know, working out that, that command that Jesus gave his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you to the end of the age. We believe in that mission. We want to, to be participating in that mission. And we want to be doing that in ways that aren't weird. Um, or at least that aren't more weird than they need to be, right? Like Jesus healing people is kind of weird. There's kind of like an inescapable amount of weirdness to the authentic experience of Jesus. Um, and uh, we, don't, we don't want to shy away from that, but we want to make it as as easy to experience that weirdness as possible, if that makes any sense, right? So we don't want to be, uh, you know, I don't, we, don't do, we don't do smoke machines, right? Like, I, I don't know. We, don't, we, we try to be just like uh, real plain, try to, try to demystify the, the Christian language, try to speak in terms that are clear, uh, try, to, try to avoid uh, overly religious language where we can, um, and just do things that connect with people so it's clear, so it's easy to understand, um, so that uh, it's accessible to as many people as possible. Those are, those are some of the values of the Vineyard Movement. And in praying and reflecting, Kara and I took some time. We went to the National Vineyard Conference uh, earlier this summer, and then we took a week after that. We were so blessed and privileged to just be able to spend a week um, taking a vacation, which we really needed. Uh, and praying about some things. We kind of came up with some ideas. I think maybe we're still, still working on this list, still editing it. But I think there are some core values that we as a church have um, that are kind of just particular to our identity. There are some things that we in this particular church value, and we value them so much that if we were to do anything that would contradict one of these values, uh, then it would totally fail or we just would not do it right? Like, it's kind of like, it's an emotional thing, values. Like, saying what you really care about, what orients your, your actions and your, and your decision-making. And one of those values that we have that I, that I kind of preached on when I preached on Zoom a couple weeks ago was uh, this value of friendship. Like, we really value friendship in this church. We think it's really important to, to like, work and know people and be in relationship with people. And it, to the point that, you know, even as people have you know, left the church or, or, or whatever, that those, main, that those friendships are often maintained because they're real, right? And, and, and I think that what's, what's kind of sad is that maybe some of us experience church as sort of this formal environment where, you know, there's like formal membership and formal, you know, it's like it's sort of like a club or, you know, it's got like these, I don't know how to say it, like procedures to be in or something like that. And we just, we really don't do that as a church. And I think maybe sometimes that, that turns people off. They want the formal procedure. I want to take the class and know I've, I've crossed the line, I'm in. But baptism is that, you know, we have, we have baptism is sort of like more of a bounded set sort of an idea. But we, we really kind of have this more centered set idea where it's like we're on a journey together and the way to become a member in this church is to mem, to do the things that members do, to, to show up, to make friends, 
to learn to love the people in this community, to participate in the life of serving, in the life of community, to, to, to help click slides or help greet people at the door or uh, play on the worship team, something like that, get equipped to pray for people. Uh, we want every person in our church to be part of the prayer ministry team. We want every person in our church to, to, to play on that. And so uh, it tends to be a lot more relational uh, as a church, which doesn't work for some people, but it's, it's a key value of our church. It's just, it's just the way we do things. It's, really, it's through friendship. Uh, and we care about friendships, and we make that a priority. Uh, you know, another thing that I think is a real value of this church, maybe even to a flaw uh, at some points, is, is, uh, is authenticity. Like, uh, it's got to be real, you know? Like, we don't, uh, we, we have a very low tolerance for baloney. Uh, we just don't, we just don't do phoniness here very well. Uh, and if I say something that, uh, that you can tell I don't really know or don't really believe, y'all let me know about it, right? Like, I mean, it's, 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 just, it's just who we are as a church. We really value authenticity like, uh, and, and honesty and sometimes brutal honesty. <laughs> like, it can, be, it can be a little off-putting um, to some people at some times. And I think we got to be careful with this one because you can authentically be a jerk, right? Like, you can authentically be a cynical person who's lost hope, who's lost faith, and you know, and, and when that happens, hopefully we authentically can challenge that in each other. But, but like, authenticity is a really important value. I think, it's, I think it kind of connects nicely with that friendship thing, right? Like, it's got to be real. Love must be sincere, you know? And we've got to we gotta be honest with each other. We just did a series a little while ago about emotional health. We're going to be leaning further and deeper into emotional health. We'll do another series on that sometime in the uh, late summer, early fall, I'm, I'm still kind of working out how we're going to do that and what that's going to look like. But uh, emotional health and connection and being able to be honest with people, have real good and healthy relationships, that's going to be something that we just continue to lean into and work out as a church. It's not going to happen all in one sermon. It's not going once. It's going to be a messy process. But that value of authenticity, that's going to be something that we continue to engage in. And then, you know, experiencing God, you know, that's the thing. When you're real with God, uh, then you get to really experience him, right? And so we hope to be a church where we teach people to, uh, you know, be angry with God in a healthy way. Be sad and lament the injustice of the world with God in a healthy way. To, uh, to, to be able to be honest with God about our weaknesses and our fears and to say those things out loud and to, to feel them with God and to... We find that when we do that, that God shows up and meets us in those real places in real ways. And so it kind of plays back into that authenticity, back into that friendship, all those really good things. Okay? And here's the one that I think is maybe going to be a little bit of a pressure point in the area of growth for us as a church. And that's that we have an aspirational, I think, value of making disciples. Okay? And when I say aspirational, that, that's, that's to say that in theory, up here in our brain, and when we read the Bible, it's pretty clear to see that disciple-making is kind of at the center of the Christian mission, right? Teaching people to obey Jesus, baptizing people into the name of Jesus, all that good stuff. Uh, this is something that we have struggled with as a church. And I think that, honestly, uh, it's something that we believe in. It's something that we want to do, but it's something that we need to grow in. And 
I would say that it's, it's, it's a theoretical value. It's something that we say that we want. It's something that we say that we believe. I, I think that's true of most churches. Um, but when it comes to like our actual actions, the value that we express through the way that we spend our time, the way that we spend our money, all of those kinds of things, uh, it hasn't sunk from here down to here yet. And so that is something that we are going to be praying about, leaning into, and trying to grow into as a church. And I, I just want to say that it's okay if that freaks you out. Uh, this might just be a weakness in me. Honestly, it freaks me out a little bit sometimes. Sharing my faith with others, uh, praying for God to, to be at work in the lives of others. I, I think that there's a lot of really unhealthy mindsets and paradigms that... Um, that most people are deconstructing, right? <laughs> right, And that's sort of the spirit of our age right now about making disciples, and that's okay. And so this is something that we as a church are going to try to grow in over the next year and make it less of an aspirational value and more of an actual value that's in the heart that flows out in action, okay? And so we're finally going to get to some scripture. Here we go. I don't usually take so long to kind of just talk about some big ideas with the culture of our church, but I just wanted to kind of review some of those things because those things are not going to change. That's who we are. That's what we're about. That's kind of like our heading, if you will, all right? But here, I want to, I feel like God wants to tell us how we're going to walk in this path over the next year, two years, five years, whatever it is, okay? And Jesus says this about himself. He says, he says, all things have been committed to me by my Father, No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those whom the Son chooses to reveal to Him, to reveal Him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And is it anybody here? Anybody here uh, plow fields using oxen? Has anybody done that here? Has anybody? No hands. No hands have been raised. I've never plowed fields with oxen. I've used it. I've like gardened, but like I've never. So this language of yoke. This is maybe a little bit. Uh, foreign to us. So the idea of the yoke is like, um, maybe if you play, anybody play Oregon Trail growing up? Anybody play Oregon Trail? All right, there we go. We got a connection point. Connecting to the scriptures through educational games from the 1980s. These are my people. All right, so uh, a yoke is that thing where you have like, you got like an ox and another ox, or like a cow and another cow, or two donkey. I don't know. What, anyway, you got, the, you got these two big animals, and you have this like wooden thing that goes over the neck, right? It goes over the neck and kind of connects with like the shoulder of the animal. And then the animal walks and kind of pulls, pulls this plow behind it. It's this, it's this wooden thing that goes over the top. And so uh, another thing that's, that's maybe lost on us when we talk about yokes is yokes are, uh, especially in this time, handmade, right? Everything was handmade back in those days, right? In our modern age, a lot of times, you know, it's like, you have the hat, like you have like a snapback hat that's got like the adjustable on thing, but it's like it's one size fits all, right? Like they mass produced, probably slave labor involved in, in producing it. I know that's horrible, but like it's also the truth. So like 
uh, <laughs> like, you know, we have these things that are just sort of like mass-produced. They're one-size-fits-all. Hopefully, they're designed with, you know, the edges in, in mind where, uh, you know, everybody can use it. But, um, but back in the day, everything was handmade, right? And so, like, you, the, the farmer or whoever would, would, would like, sand and, and craft this yoke to fit the beast that he owned, right? And so the image here, the idea here is that Jesus is kind of handcrafting, he's sort of, he's sort of molding and shaping this, this yoke that he is going to put on us, he's going to put on you, he's going to put on me, uh, that's going to be made to fit. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be comfortable. It's going to be ergonomic, right? It's going to, it's going to work with the contours of your shoulders and things, right? So that's, that's part of it. Another thing about yokes, uh, the other, the other thing here is that yokes usually, usually it's kind of like a double yoke, right? And so the I- idea here is that when we're yoked with Jesus, it's, it's sort of like, okay, it's us, and then like next to us is Jesus, right? And so who, who do you think is going to be pulling most of the weight? It's not you. <laughs> it's not me, right? Like, come on, if I'm yoked next to Jesus. If I'm taking on Jesus' yoke, I'm in the yoke with Jesus. Come on, he's, he's pulling most of the weight. I mean, like, you know, what, what am I doing here? Like, I'm, I'm lucky to be here. I got, I, got a, I got a great, I got it easy. I got work to do. I have some things I'm responsible for. I'm, I'm part of the team, but like, I'm on the team with Jesus. Jesus' yoke is easy. His burden is light because he's carrying most of it. And he honors us with the dignity of sharing in his work, of sharing in the work that he's doing. He honors us by inviting us to participate. It is our joy, it is our honor to get to participate with God in seeing healing and restoration and reconciliation and justice come on the earth through his means and his ways. We, we are so blessed and honored to be invited to participate in that work with him. And that's what the work is, right? That's what it means to be in loving relationship with God and to walk out this mission to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in his name, teaching them to obey everything he commands. Not necessarily everything I command. I'm I'm not really good at commands, to be honest. Um, Everything Jesus commands. And we'll know that we're in Jesus' yoke when it's easy and it's light. Now, I will say, you know, this this is in tension with and in contrast with you know, like Jesus carrying the cross, right? Like there's a connection here, carrying a big wooden object. Like it doesn't mean that it's just going to be smooth sailing and that there's no, there's no difficulty at all, right? Like a lot of times Jesus calls us to do things that are way beyond our capability, way beyond what we're able to do. Like praying for healing, I always feel that, right? Like I cannot make this happen. I know intellectually uh, there's nothing magical about this hand. It's prayed for a lot of people that haven't been healed. But Jesus commands me to go out and heal the sick. And so if anybody's getting healed through these hands, it's going to be because Jesus is flowing through me, right? And that's what it's like to, to follow Jesus. That's what it's like to be under his yoke. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Let me, let's just read this scripture one more time. Okay? Just look at this one more time. All things have been committed to me by my Father. 
No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all you who are wearied and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. When we come to Jesus and to join him in his work, we find rest. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The way I kind of sense that God might be calling us as a community to work this out and to, and to join Jesus in his work, to, to, to enjoy Jesus' rest, to enjoy community and fellowship with him, and that mystery of knowing God and knowing his, like, man, I'm still confused by all that, if I'm honest. Like, uh, I, I feel like I'm still wrestling with what do those things mean? How, what does it mean to know God? How does this work? Finding joy and making peace in that mystery and being known by him and joining him in this work, I think for us as a church community, I think this next year, is, it's, about, it's about finding and making margin. Because when I have margin, when I have a little space, when I carve out time and say, this time is for nothing else but God and my family, whether that's my church family or my biological family, like when I, when I say no to capitalism, I say I'm going to check out from the spirit of greed for some time, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make time to really just be, produce nothing, and just be in the presence of God, practice Sabbath, be with the Lord, that that margin makes room for growth. And that the speed of the growth, the kind of growth that God usually wants to work in us, it's usually pretty slow. Usually pretty slow. Now, I'm, I'm all about the Holy Spirit. You know, if the Holy Spirit wants to show up and say, no, we need to accelerate this, and boom, you know, whammo, God does the powerful, miraculous work in you, your whole life gets over. I want that, okay? We definitely want that, okay? I want God to work in me fast if he wants to work in me fast. But I just, I found most of the time, God works pretty slow. And so making time and space for God to work on me, for me to pay attention to what he's doing, that's going to be important in my life. And I think it's going to be important in all of our lives in the coming year. It's a busy world. It's a crazy world. And uh, it does not show any signs of slowing down or getting easier anytime soon. Who knows if we're going to be meeting in person next week? I don't. It's really hard to make plans in that environment. I appreciate your patience. And I appreciate you guys for showing up. And I appreciate your understanding. This is such a good church. I really love you guys. That friendship thing is real. And um, it's true. We've got we to gotta be a church that's grounded and secure in the love of God and meeting with Jesus throughout the week. And, and I think that it's just it's our calling and it's our responsibility. And I think it's going to be really good for us to just really focus on trying to slow down and make the space to be with God together this year. I need other people to help me with that, and I think we can help each other with that. And that's what this year is going to be about, Okay. So in 2022, we want to make space. A couple things about this, all right? One, I think that means that we as a church need to not overschedule, okay? So we need to not try to do too many things. We're not a huge church, all right? We do love each other, 
And this church has a long history of punching above its weight class because people are devoted. Like, we're it's, everybody gets to play, and we play. Like, everybody gives, everybody tithes, everybody shows up, everybody participates in worship, everybody serves, everybody, okay, that's good. Uh, but we need to make space, and so we need to not do too many things. There may be some, you know, we do this intentionally where we take breaks from small groups. We're having some trouble getting small groups started up again. That's okay, all right? We just, we need to not do things that we can't do. <laughs> we need to not do things that are not sustainable, and it has to be okay for Sunday morning to be the thing that we're doing, to just come together and to just gather once a week and to really make that space to pay attention to God and to let God work on our hearts. That has to be okay, okay? That said, if the only thing we're doing is Sunday morning, it's really important to be here on Sunday morning, all right? Um, the, at the, this, just, this, and this is just, you know, a, a thing that I know everybody in this church feels, and I'm really preaching to, to the wrong people today, but I'll just say it like, we feel it when 10 people miss church, right? We feel that in our community. If, if, if five or 10 people are gone, you know, if you're, you're part of a 200-person church, 300-person church, you, you, can't, you can't even tell if five or 10 people are gone. Like, it, you just can't even see it. But we really feel it, right? That, that really makes a difference to what it feels like to be present on, on Sunday morning. So we want to make space. We want to not overschedule. But the things that we do, we need to do them. And we need to show up and we need to be there for each other. We need to not, uh, not take for granted the volunteer work that goes into times like this. We need to not take for granted the, the times that we do make uh, to meet with God and to be with each other. Okay? So we need to make space. And then this is the most goofy alliteration. I feel like a cheesy Baptist. <laughs> the value of authenticity is, is chafing under this next point, uh, but, but I, I, maybe we'll remember it, um, and we need to keep pace. We need to not get, we need to not get moving too fast. We need, to, we need to slow down. We need to keep a pace that allows us to, to pray and to discern and to hear the voice of God and to be led by him. And if that means that we do less, then that's okay. Because we want to do what the Father is doing. Jesus looked and saw what the Father was doing. And so we want to be like that. We want to slow down, we want to look, and we want to see what the Father is doing. And so we don't want to get moving too fast. We don't want to move too quickly. We want to do things intentionally and take the time to pray and listen to the Lord, to seek the Scriptures, to really look at things and to um, make sure that we're ready to go, okay? All right, um, I think that's really about all that needs to be said this morning. Would you stand? So I've mentioned it a few times, but uh, one of the ways that we make space for God to move is through prayer ministry, and this is, this is really at the heartbeat of our church. This is what we're about. Um, we actually think that the kingdom of God can break in at any moment and heal people physically. Uh, God can speak to you. Maybe someone will give you a prophetic word. Maybe they'll, they'll give you like a picture, an image from God that just speaks to your heart in a very specific way. I know that's happened to me many times as people have prayed for me and as I've come forward for prayer ministry in this church. But this is the time 
where we respond to God. And so maybe if you were, if you were listening to me this morning, I'm going to make a couple invitations. Uh, these are not to restrict anyone from responding to God. So if you just know you need prayer and I don't say something connected to why you need prayer, please just come up and get prayer, okay? It's time to pray is now, right? So, so uh, but I just did just get the sense that maybe as you were, you're hearing this and you're hearing, oh, we're going to go slow, and you just say, oh, thank God. I'm so exhausted. Like, I need to slow down. I need to rest. I don't get any rest, and I feel like I'm just, oh, I just feel worn out. Uh, if that's you, if you're in that place this morning, guess what? God wants to meet you in that place and bless you, and you just receive. So I want you to come forward, and I want you to just get poured into. Let somebody else do the work of praying for your soul, and God is just going to pour into you uh, during ministry time. Uh, if you'd say, you know, I, I, I get this slow down stuff, I get this, I get, yeah, all right, but I don't want to do nothing. Like, I, I kind of have this feeling of, like, I need to do something. Like, I, I feel like a sense of call, a sense of direction. Hey, you know what? That's good, too, okay? We want to pray and make sure that that, that that feeling is from the Lord, and it's not just ambition or anxiousness, all right? We, we want to pray and discern that together, and we want to bless what God is doing, okay? So we discern that together. So Here's how this works. You just come up, you stand up here in the front. Somebody who's been through a prayer workshop like we're going to do over the next couple nights, uh, who's been trained, will come up. They'll just tap you on the shoulder, ask you how you can pray for you. We'll have masks on while we're doing this. Um, come forward and get prayer now, okay? Let me just pray for us as we enter into worship. Can I add something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, I think earlier what I was talking about, about wine, I just wanted to say if you're someone who's been feeling pressed lately yeah, there you go. or prodded or just like God's poking at you a little bit, um, maybe he wants to talk to you some more about that today. And I mentioned it might feel uncomfortable, but I think God really does challenge us sometimes. Um, so someone else here would love to pray for you about that too. Awesome. All right. Holy Spirit, come. We want to encounter you as we worship, Lord, and we want you to change our hearts and minds. So God, would you do your work now? want prayer just come up 